You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. Before I do anything, uh, let me give a quick shout out to two new supporters of the show. Kimberly Royalty and Deborah Torin. They became Patreon supporters this week, and I want to acknowledge how grateful I am for their support. And that actually is a good segue to introduce my guests today, as they are in the business of acknowledging people's worth and value as well. Mariah Edgington is back with her other half. I won't say better or lesser. Uh, they, uh, um, she was on the show last year. They're world travelers. They're multilingual. They lived in Columbia for three years. Uh, Mariah was a nurse for many years. Byron was a pilot. They've written a book that's called Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough. And they're both inspirational people. I, uh, what I really like about the book that they wrote I've read a fair amount of the broad genre of, of I, I hesitate to call it self-help because I read stuff on everything from Zen Buddhism and Stoicism to entrepreneurial stuff like Napoleon Hill's books or Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What I really like about this book is that it's, uh, and I'm going to quote it here, it's not the typical book of tired aphor aphorisms or of flowery poetic dismissals of real and difficult daily changes. We never dismiss true human suffering or the real tragedies that haunt and disrupt people's lives. I've read it and I agree it's down to earth and real, whether it is acknowledging the realities of sexual abuse or bereavement. Um, but that reality is intertwined with inspirational optimism. It's a perfect blend of realism and idealism, I would, I would venture to say. So let me start by playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. You say in the book, by the way, welcome, Mariah and Byron. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you, the invitation. This is great. <laughs> you say in the book, there are no mistakes, only lessons. Um, that change is access accessible to all of us, but only if we know the value of our energy to, to make change. So talk about that, but speak to someone listening that feels like, Man, I've tried everything. I can't get a job to pay me what I'm worth. Every relationship I get into, it seems doomed from the start. Life feels like one big rat race, and I'm just not very good at it. Thank you for this opportunity, Mark. And it is true. We all go through a period of time. And let's start at the beginning. When we're children, our imagination is accepted, and we're encouraged to dream big and go for anything we want. And then we get into school progressively, more and more society comes into us that tells us that we're not good, we're not enough, we are dumb or we're stupid or you're not good at math or you're not good at spelling or many, many things. And we internalize that. And that takes a toll over the years. And as we internalize it more and more, it becomes our reality. And the good news is 
that the opposite is true as well. And so once we can train our brain to no longer accept those negative things that are in our mind from society, when we can go back and say, reclaiming that and say, I am more than enough by shutting down that inner critic and the imposter that is residing in our head and start from within. And I think that is what I've seen and what I've talked with people in my social media, I'm on LinkedIn and interact with, with hundreds of people. And I find that's one of the biggest things is they feel like society does puts them down all the time and they're exhausted. They aren't sure where to turn and they end up like the person you described who's saying, gosh, you know what? I've tried everything. I can't get a job. And we, through our book and through our work, our intention is to build people back up by helping them to learn tips and tools to shut down that inner critic and start owning their own value by claiming it. And I'm going to let Byron speak a little bit to that. Yeah. And uh, let me jump in here. The four words that we kind of, kind of like the spine of the book, if you will, um, awareness, abundance, decisions, and choices. And um, I, I should say right away that we don't dismiss people's because people have real difficulties. You know, we're not going to say, oh, get over yourself. That's the last thing we'll say, because you know, we have both been in positions where we've had to use this, the, the tools and the tips that we, we espouse here on the show to get ourselves out of a tight situation. Uh, they do work, but a lot of it, in fact, we start with the word awareness because those paradigms that Mariah mentioned, you know, we, we all have those things. You're not good at math. You can never get into that school. You can never afford that house. We internalize all that stuff. And one of the things that will help people turn their lives around, we believe, is questioning every one of those things yeah, because they are assumptions and they may very well be absolutely false. Mm. You know, we have heard them for so long that uh, we'd start to believe them and uh, they may not be true at all. So awareness is a big, big part of it. And the next word in our, in our vocabulary here is abundance. And we, we make this statement right away that we don't live in a zero-sum world. We live in an abundant world. There's enough for everyone to have whatever they want. We believe that. And uh, so that kind of forms the whole mentality in the book, if you will. What do you do when, okay, let's say you accept that and you accept, okay, you know, uh, I'm worth more and I can do more. Um, what if actually you, you do accept the internal stuff, but you're surrounded by naysayers. You're surrounded by people telling you, hey, you can't, you, you're not. Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, you're not, you know, whatever. What, what do you just, do you cut those people off? You know, what, how do you deal when you're surrounded by it? So your mind is in the right place, but it's being attacked constantly by the people you surround yourselves by. Yeah. And that's a, that's a reality for a lot of people because let's just take a, and of course, you know, that we're American. And so that's what we're surrounded by. And, and we live in a very, landlocked area. There's a, a lot of people with differing opinions 
whether it's political or religious or whatever it is, they may be different than we are. And so we have that question come up where people say, I, I cannot do that because I can't leave this tribe. Mm. And so one thing that we do is we encourage people, and we even talk about boundaries in the book, to start small. You don't mm. have to slay the dragon today. Good, what that's you, good advice. What you do need to do is you need to write down what it is. What are your values? What do you want to have in your life? Because until we know those questions or answers to those questions, we don't even know who we are. Mm. And I think that's a real stepping stone for people when they start to realize they, they're not even sure what their own values are. Right. Well, one of the things that I thought was very cool in the book are the, the inclusion of the, the personal journeys at the end of each chapter. And uh, tell people what those are and <clears throat> give us an example of one that you, that you really liked. Yeah, we uh, we should give a shout out to our contributors because we've gotten material from some amazing people that have just had astonishing lives. And uh, a woman, I won't tell her name on air, but uh, her story is in the book. And, and this woman has been through hell and back. And we, in fact, we label her in the book. She is a mind, mindset rock star. She took a look at her assumptions and her paradigms and her values and she just put her life back together and she is a dynamic person she is amazing i can't wait to meet her but uh it does come down to mindset it really does and you know people look at elon musk for and you mentioned him he's probably a pretty good example because yeah he didn't grow up with anything he has i think his parents were uh, university trained possibly at that level but he doesn't he didn't see any any barriers in front of him he was never presented with limits and uh, one of the one of the fellows uh, that we mentioned in the book is a guy named price pritchett he's an author i don't know if dr pritchett is around anymore or not but he wrote a little book called u squared and his premise in this book in fact he says it in a quote he says if you want to doubt something doubt your limits you know and that's probably a pretty good place to start because yeah. You know, we, who said you can't do crossword puzzles? Who said you not, <laughs> you know? And uh, the other side of that, telling yourself stories and believing those paradigms, and those assumptions, is that uh, Mariah mentioned this inner voice, this inner critic. Mm. Uh, Ariana Huffington calls it the obnoxious roommate living in my attic. <laughs> uh, the voice we hear when we you think, oh, I'm not good enough. I'll never be able to do it. I can't do that. Can't, never, can't, never, can't. That voice is our own voice. Mm. You know, and as soon as we understand that, then that's uh, that's a major step on trying to interject positives in there and, and loving yourself for who you are. Yeah. Um, you talk in the book about ignoring, ignoring the negative and assuming the positive. And you give an example, or actually kind of an experiment, and I love it, to um to try the next time you're at the grocery store to to smile at someone and then you'll likely get a smile back <clears throat> assuming that you're not smiling at them in some creepy way and uh <laughs> I like that uh I like that you talk about energy but without making it hokey uh does that make sense like I like I don't believe in crystals and stuff like that and you know I'm not I'm not bashing people who buy crystals and and 
like that kind of energy. I just feel like I don't need a crystal. There is power in my smile or laughing. And so what do you say to someone who feels depressed? Should they, should they fake it? Should they fake it until they make it? Like with someone who doesn't feel like smiling, they just don't, it's not yeah. working for them. One thing we do talk about is professional counseling and professional help because okay. we know that, well, first of all, neither one of us are professional counselors or have degrees in mental health science. So that is not what we're here to do. And okay. when there are people who absolutely need professional help, please, if you know, if you need it yourself, if you're hearing this, or if you know someone who needs it, help them get it mm. because those are situations we've, we've all known, we've all heard of somebody if we don't know personally, someone who's taken their life. Mm. And that's a real thing. And so that's what Byron was saying earlier. We don't make light of this. This is an important distinction. This book is Journey While You Are More Than Enough is for people who are exhausted and overwhelmed, they may not be clinically depressed, but they may be down and right. just feel beaten down. Now for the person you're talking about who's depressed and they just, they can't even get out of bed. Those are people that really should be seeking help professionally yeah. for yeah. that. People who are just having a bad day and maybe even a bad week, if they've had grief in their life, those are people who, if they aren't clinically depressed, but just kind of going through a period of lowness or mm -hmm. that's when it does help it. Our attitude really can help. And we talk about something in the book, we say gratitude journaling, and most people have heard of this. Mm -hmm. It actually does bring your mood up when you're able to look at stuff that you do have in your life and give thanks for it, even the simple stuff. And Byron talked a little bit about abundance mm. and sometimes abundance is hard to see unless you start thinking of it in a different way. There's an abundance of air for you to breathe there, Mark. And we have an abundance here and no one right. is going to take it away from me because I've, I've got a whole bunch of it in this room. Right. And when we start thinking of little things like that for us, it's winter here in the Northern hemisphere and it's, it's cold, but we live in a house of warmth in it. And we're fortunate in that way. We're using a device to speak to you on. And there's just so many things that are good in my life. And if you, even if you were really at a low place and you, you can't quite grasp the good of everything, try to find at least a few things and, and give thanks for those. Yeah. I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, one of the solo episodes I did about gratitude about, Hey, if you're listening to this right now, you can hear. And then, uh, and I looked up the UN statistics worldwide that, you know, it, it's around 5% of the world is hearing impaired in some capacity or another that, you know, that um, uh, interferes with their daily livelihood. And, uh, you know, be grateful for that. Be grateful for the stuff that you forget to be thankful for. Um, one of the, uh, something else I like in the book uh, are the action steps. And uh, going along with what you were saying before about uh, inner critic, that we all have this inner critic, you say, listen to your inner critic and have affirmations ready. How, how do you do that? I mean, um, you guys are both bubbly people, but we can't be bubbly all the time, right? Uh, no way. And uh, so what do you do personally? What do you do when doubt creeps in or what do you do when 
What do you do when you stub your toe on the kitchen table? Uh, you say four letter words. <laughs> that works sometimes too. You know, that's uh, the reason you have a, a little toe is to know if your furniture is in the right place or not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, no, and uh, this is kind of where awareness comes in. Because if you are aware of, number one, that that is your voice speaking, mm-hmm. you know, giving you those negative messages, then you can, you can actually kind of make a game of this, if you wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can make a list of the things you hear in the day, during your day that, uh, that you tell yourself you're incapable of doing or, or you're not very good at or whatever it is. And, I, you know, it sounds a little bit simplistic, but write it down and then come up with an alternative to it. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, our brains are kind of like, you mentioned that, uh, that, that quote that uh, we use, or that, I forget, no, it was, a, it was a little game that you played about smiling at strangers. Right. You know, and a friend of ours made a contribution to the book, Dr. Melissa Hughes, and she's a neuroscience geek. Mm. And she talks about mirror neurons. Mm. And she describes our brains. She's, first of all, she says our brains didn't evolve to think. I mean, it sounds counterintuitive. She says our brains evolved to keep us safe and alive. To keep us alive, right? Survival. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, thinking came later. Right. You know, and so um, the brain is. She compares it kind of like a to a two year old. It'll believe anything you tell it, mm. and it'll and it'll think that's true. And so, what's the downside of telling it positive, wonderful, amazing things? There's no downside to it. And oh, and uh, just a little. Uh, side uh, an anecdote to that uh, smiling exercise um, she indicated that it also works even with a mask on so, yeah, I have found that that you can yeah. that uh, because I on on the side will have a speaking gig at a at a junior high school or, or something like that or I'll have another speaking engagement here in, in uh, rural Japan and you know I've got to wear a mask but you know, when I'm smiling under that mask, they can still see you. Like my eyes are kind of squinting up or something. You know, they can tell, they can, mm-hmm. they can feel the energy, you know, and uh, that I'm happy and making a joke and smiling. And uh, yeah, even through a mask there. Well, and uh, Dr. Hughes says there's a lot of responsibility involved here because the neuroscientists think our energy influences other people in that way. Hmm. And so the opposite is true. If we're negative, if we're frowned at them, if we're angry. Right. It's transmitted to everybody else. Yeah, the Japanese people have a uh, <clears throat> a phrase that essentially translates to you know read the air in the room. And uh, and when I learned that uh, that expression, I, I sort of in, started employing it and have a, a I don't know a heightened sense of awareness of uh, when I walk into a room or when I talk to people now. You know, I can kind of I'm not judging them or uh, anything. I just I quickly assess what their their energy field is uh, without I, I don't want to describe it as something like mystical. It's just, it's just right there in front of you. You just can tell it's intuition, I suppose. Yeah. Um, what, one of the things I want to ask you about is a buzzword or phrase you hear a lot these days. You guys mentioned it once or a little bit earlier is uh, imposter syndrome. And you address it um, that it, at times in, in Mariah, in your career, it's uh, um, been inhibiting or limiting to you sometimes. So what, describe what is imposter syndrome. I mean, we've, we've sort of been describing it a little bit, 
Uh, why does it happen and, and how can we get out of it? Well, I have an actual example of this, Mark, that took me by surprise because I started writing with Byron and first of all, prior to 21, I just assumed that my writing was like everybody else's, it was okay. And I didn't know that I wrote as well as I do. And so for me to step into this role as author mm. and be able to be a writer that gets their work published different places, it, it was a real surprise. It took me by surprise. And so I had to step into, cause I was really good at nursing. Mm. <laughs> I <knew> sure. <laughs> but, I can take care of just about any kind of patient population, but becoming an author was totally a foreign thing. And I had a couple times early on where Byron had to come in and convince me like, okay, <laughs> you really do know what you're doing here. Mm. But the imposter came boom, right, yeah. right to me and said, Hey, what are you thinking? How could you even begin to think that anyone would listen to your writing? First of all, and what makes you think you're good enough? Hmm. So that was a surprise and, and it was perfect for this book because I had up close experience and very recent. And the way I was able to address it was by continuing to push through, look at what my results are, realize that I was authentic and I really did know the material that I'm hmm. talking about. I'm really comfortable within this this subject field, I probably wouldn't be able to talk to you about how to fix a carburetor, but, <laughs> but talking about these self-care tools, I'm pretty comfortable with, and I do know that they are something that will help people and they work. Why that happened? That's a good question, but I know that it does. Does it happen to you? Have you had that examples too for that? Or imposter syndrome where I yeah. was sure yeah. this podcast, I mean, like there are, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I have a lot more confidence with it now. I'm a lot more comfortable with it now, but you know, I started from scratch and every time I had to learn something new, which was everything, everything <laughs> from sound editing, to marketing, to video editing, to well, preparing for interviews and all of it was so overwhelming and daunting that I thought, what am I doing? I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go into journalism school. Uh, I'm not Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, I, I can't do this. Of course, of course, all those, those thoughts crept up. But uh, I guess the, you know, if it's like the, the little angel and the little devil on each shoulder, the little angel, or I don't know which one is which in this scenario, but that kept someone, one of them kept telling me, do it. Just keep doing it just to keep doing it but nobody's listening keep doing it but i'm not uh, i don't have any sponsors yet keep doing it doing like it. i just keep doing it and that's what i've done and you know it's a year it's beyond a year now and finally i am seeing the the fruits of my labor and uh you know it's worth it and I'll, i will keep doing it i hope I'll, to be doing it five years from now maybe beyond Oh, so, good. We'll be able to come back on. Yeah, we'll yeah. Have books under <laughs> yeah. Top, right? each each edition of the uh, the series. There, you're welcome to come back on. Yeah. That'd be fun. You know, uh, Mark. I'll uh, let me toss something in here for those who uh, have this imposter syndrome, and that describes most of us at one mm -hmm. time or other. If it's any consolation at all, it, Albert Einstein had imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. so we're in pretty good company. He said yeah. He 
uh, some kind of a swindler? Uh, yeah, involuntary swindler, I think he'd call himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, you use actually another Einstein uh, uh, moment in the book where I think it was Einstein that said uh, everybody is a genius, something like along these lines. Yeah. And then, but, you know, if you look at a fish trying to, I, I might screw up this metaphor here, but uh, if you look at a fish trying to climb a tree, you're going to think it's an idiot. Fish but, all of its whole life thinking it's an idiot. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, you know, Mariah, when you were talking about your, your own, uh, you know, battles with, uh, the inner imposter syndrome, I got to thinking about one of my favorite authors is F. Scott Fitzgerald. When I later went back and read about him, I read things that I didn't, couldn't know from reading his books. He was actually a terrible speller. Now this is one of the most eloquent American authors of all time, you know? And, uh, but he, his editors would pull their hair out, you know, just at how atrocious some of his spelling it was. And they had to fix up so much stuff. And I, I was like, really? That's Scott Fitzgerald. So we all got weaknesses and, and, uh, things that we're not so great at. The thing is march on, do it. Yeah. That's right. That's, That's right. true. Sorry. That's great about podcasting. And I'm really proud of you for persevering. Because yeah, you're good right. at it and it's fun. That's right. Well, well, I enjoy it. And part of it is meeting people like you. I mean, uh, that's that has been the most joy. That's the other thing, too, I would say, is that, you know, when you are, let's see, say, doubting some pursuit, you may find a benefit that is not the benefit you thought was going to be in the first place. You know, I thought I wanted to do podcasting for X, Y, and Z reasons, but it turns out I enjoy it even more for the people I meet. and learning yeah. about video editing, things I didn't yeah. foresee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to get all woo-woo on everybody here, but <laughs> yeah, things, just go woo-woo if you need to. <laughs> let's talk about that mindset thing just a little bit more because it's really, really important stuff. Mm. And one of the things that uh, I have heard people advise us is to think called thinking from the end. Mm. You know, and it, in fact, we have one of our chapters in the book is called Visioneering. Mm. And it's really, really helpful to imagine that you're already there where you want to be and picture it down to granular detail. Mm. You know, if you want a new car, don't just say, I want a new car. You know, say, I want a bright red Toyota Corolla with paddle shifters and, you know, and, mm. and tinted windows. I mean, granular detail. Getting yeah, descriptive about, yeah. you know, the, the old expression, what you focus on expands. Mm. It's just absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, I, I say, and it comes from sort of Eastern philosophy that, you know, what you say, what you think you'll say and what you say you'll do and what you do, you know, you become your actions. And once you kind of realize that if there's something negative going on, well, then stop it wherever you, you know. So if right. you're, if you got, you have, you're not your thoughts, you have control of your thoughts, you have control of your intentional thoughts. But the random or even dark stuff that just floats in there, you, you don't have to be that. Right. You don't have That's to right. do that. <clears throat> you, can, you can acknowledge it and say, okay, well, that's not me, and focus your intentional thoughts and go forward. And that's an interesting point, Mark, because I was surprised at how many people I've found that didn't know this. Yeah. It's a new concept to them. When And to you and to me, to Byron, it's a well-known thing to many, many people that we interact with. It's a well-known fact that you can control those things. 
but there's hundreds of people out there who've never heard these concepts. That's who needs to hear them to find yeah. out that they yeah. don't have to just take in what's given to them mm. from the media where everything is gloom and doom. They have the opportunity. It's a choice. Yeah. And once you start learning that it is a choice, you get to make a decision what you take, who you surround yourself with. Start small and compliment yourself every time you shut it down mm. and go for That's a right, positive yeah. thought. That's right. That's good. Well, Ed, Mariah, as you might recall, um, in each episode, I tried to do a little segment called Five Minute Zen. And we, we don't have to talk about Zen philosophy. I just I try to give the listener something practical down to earth uh, that they can do to make a little, you know, take five minutes out of their day to think about to make a little improvement in their lives. Um, here's your five minutes in or our five minutes in. In the book, you state uh, that we're called to elevate others. Tell us briefly what that means exactly. Give us a down-to-earth, practical way that we can do that on a daily basis. How can we elevate other? You know, we've, we've been talking about elevating ourselves and knowing our own worth. How can we also, you know, pay it forward and elevate others? Yeah, um, let me preface this by saying that uh, because of our professional background, Mariah as a nurse and me as a pilot, you know, and, we, and really seriously, we didn't realize we were doing this until we started this book project. But we spent our entire working lives elevating people. That's what we did. Literally, in your case. <laughs> very, very, you know, uh, literally right. elevating people. And Mariah was elevating people to get them through a medical or a traumatic uh, incident to get them to have their lives back. Mm. And so one of the things we can do, all of it, we can all do this, um, when just the simplest things that doesn't have to amount to anything. Um, we were in a, a Starbucks not too not too long ago, and it was early in the morning, and the young woman behind the, the barista was all by herself. She had a line of people she had to wait on, and she you could, it, was, it was obvious that she was overwhelmed. And the guy in line said, looks like you could use some help. And she just grumbled and went on with her work. And then Mariah said, we think you're doing a terrific job. Thank you for everything you do. And nice. that just changed the whole atmosphere. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So really, it doesn't take anything at all to, to compliment other people and look for opportunities to do that. So that's a good place to start. I love that. Um, One thing I talk about to people is it costs the same amount to be mean as it does to be kind. And how much better everyone is if we choose kindness. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, instead of pointing out, like to use Byron's example, instead of, you know, I, I'm sure it's nice. Maybe the first guy was trying to acknowledge like, oh, you're you're in the weeds. Um, why not? turn? <laughs> why not turn that into a positive and say, you know, like, wow, you're doing a fantastic job that I, you know, I can see how much you got on your plate and you're nailing it. You're killing it. Yeah, she knew she was in the weeds. <laughs> I think she was thinking she was. Right, she already it. knows that. <laughs> she might have said other words than weeds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, it, it's it's a it's a terrific book, uh, and I mean that. Um, it inspired me as I was reading it, and and I'm kind of a pretentious snob these days when it comes to like getting my inspiration. I'm I'm like a cigar aficionado or a. <laughs> You know, wine uh, sommelier or whatever. I'm like, hmm, oh, this is a good perspective. Nice, earthy undertone. Uh, intriguing bouquet of theory and practicality. Um, it really is a good book. And uh, so when does it 
when does it come? It's not out yet. When does it come out? Where March. will people be able to buy it? March. So next month. Yes. Yes. And it on of course the the world's bestseller bookstore, right? Is Amazon. Right. Yeah, so it'll sure. be there. It could be yeah. on our website as well. Yeah, and I should mention too, Mark, that uh, book and it'll have a guidebook that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. A separate book as a guidebook, and okay. there's also an online course that will accompany it. Okay. And how can uh, uh, I'll put that stuff in the notes? How can they? Can people follow you guys on social media, LinkedIn? Or? Yes, we're both on LinkedIn, and the website is myname.com, and it has a now button on it where you can sign up to be notified of the book launch. Okay, so MariahEdgington.com. Well, there you, there you go. I'm forward to getting it out there. It's uh, it's been a it's been a labor of love, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're real anxious to see because we think it. We think it'll help a lot of people pick up their spirits and really help, especially right now. It, it really is good. When I was reading through it, it I was like, this is actually, um, like I said, I've read through a, a lot of, uh, I, I, again, I hesitate to say self-help, but, you know, uh, personal development right. type books. And, um, and a lot of them can seem almost formulaic, like, you know, I, I might as well just change the name of the author from that other guy that I read. This is the same book, you know, and it's not telling me anything new, but I really felt like there's, there's, there's something new here. There's something really uh, creative and innovative in what you guys did. Thank so I you. really appreciate it. We appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there you go. Uh, after, after you buy Byron and Mar Mariah's book, if you have three bucks left over, which is nothing, go to patreon.com slash Zen sandwich and become a part of this movement to spread some calm and kindness to the world. You'll get full access to the complete unedited video of these interviews. You'll get this whole interview. This is the public version will probably be chopped down a little bit from this one, but you'll get to see all of this one if you uh, sign up at patreon.com. You'll get additional videos I shoot here in Japan, um, and uh, you'll also get a handmade uh, postcard on washi. That's traditional Japanese paper that my wife and I make here. I'll send it to you wherever you are in the world. Mariah and Byron, I'd like to send you guys a thank you postcard. I'll get your, your address when we get off, off the offline here. Okay. And I'm going to steal from your book to finish this episode off because it pertains to Zen Sandwich as well. We celebrate everyone. We believe we have an obligation to explore and promote and accept and, yes, celebrate every human being because everyone carries their own precious piece of this vast and beautiful puzzle we're assembling together. Thank you, Mariah and Byron, for your precious piece of the puzzle and for spending time with me today. Journey well. Mark, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.